Hello, this is Chris Toh from Lion City Rock, and on behalf of Kevin Matthews, my co-host, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year and much peace and love for 2022. I also want to make a special announcement that the Fast Colors, that's the band that Kevin and I are in, will be doing a concert on Saturday, that's 8th of Jan, 7.30pm at the Festive Arts Theatre in our Tampanese hub. Not surprisingly, it's also called Lion City Rock, and we'll be playing tribute to some of our favourite Lion City rockers from the 60s all the way to the present. Now, you're all invited to attend our first gig of the year, and guess what? It's free! All you have to do is head on down to the box office and ask for tickets to the show. Once again, it's on 8th of Jan, 7.30pm, Festive Arts Theatre at our Tampanese Hub. We hope to see you there, and now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another fun and exciting episode of Lion City Rock. I, I know I keep saying it's a fun and exciting episode, but but I, I, I don't know about you, Kevin. Uh, but I, I do have fun and, I, and I'm pretty excited to listen to all the stories that all our musos tell us, their experiences and all that. It's true. And, uh, yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, it's, yep. it's exciting, man. Jeez. It's exciting, yeah. And uh, so we, we are here today, we are gathered here today uh, to talk to one of Singapore's uh, most fun bands, I have to say. Um, ever since I first saw them, uh, way back when, I, I won't say when, so, <laughs> so that we don't reveal our ages. <laughs> but anyway, uh, sorry, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Chris, and I'm here with my usual partner in crime, Mr. Kevin Matthews. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking to uh, a band that came out um, with with a very interesting brand of, uh, of uh, music. I mean, if you look through all the, if you if you Google this band, you look through all the different sites. They call them uh, Surf Garage, Surf Punk, uh, Pop Punk, Surf Pop, and Garage Pop. I have a new one. Surf what? Yeah Yeah. Surf Yeah Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, you know, they 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 were one of a few bands that got featured uh, in in this uh, by by John Peel, the very renowned and uh, noted uh, DJ from the UK, and uh, they have their music uh, put out. Um, they put out a couple of albums, I believe, and they've been doing all kinds of shows uh, um, that have always garnered rave reviews, um, particularly their. I think the most recent one was their Baybeats, uh, Baybeats performance a couple of years ago, a few years ago. But, okay, enough of me yakking. Let's get talking to the guys from Force, Format, Dino, and Elvin. Yay! What's up, what's up? Hip hooray! Does anyone say hip hip hooray anymore? I don't know. Hip hop hooray. Okay, uh, so hi guys, welcome, welcome to the Lion City Rock Pod. Good to be on, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us, good to see you guys. 
Yeah, uh, well, we're going to be talking to you. We're going to want we want to trace your musical journey. You know uh, what what you guys have been up to, what you guys did, how how everything got together. Um, you know, but, but maybe let's talk. Let's go back to the beginning. I mean, was music always a thing that you guys uh, like to do? Um, was it something that that you know it was it, you were inspired to do right from the get go? It was the chicks, right? More than was the chick that, that grew in. up to become hands. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, uh, me and Elvin, we we were childhood friends. Uh, oh, okay. We've known each other since P1. Um, we were not in the same class, eh? No, Primary P2. Two, was then we were in the same class, and I have to say, uh, we were in the A class all the way back then. It was like all the top <laughs> students were in the A class. We were in the freaking A class. Yep, yep. From yep. One yeah. to six, eh? I was yeah, B yeah. Prime, I was B primary one, uh, then I got promoted and then he to join the, yeah, to join Dino. And that's so, where we met. So which school is this? Newtown Primary School. Neighborhood oh, oh. school. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. And we uh, didn't go to RI, you know. So uh, <laughs> can't say it's a lousy school, Newtown, Newtown is a... No, all schools are the same. All schools are great schools. Uh, all schools are great. Okay. Is that yeah. the one the purple uniform? No, it's, no, that's uh, Queensway, man. Oh, yeah, sorry, Queensway. sorry. No, that's blue, blue. That's Pomisura. Oh, that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Pomisura yeah. also. Yeah. It was like next door to our school. It was so weird. It was like two schools oh, okay. side by side. Ah, no wonder. No And then <laughs> somewhere along the after we left, this Newtown swallowed up Pomisura. Ah, uh, <laughs> probably didn't make sense. Like, two different schools right, right next to each other. <laughs> There was rivalry in the in the in the basketball court, right? Where people play soccer. Yeah. They were supposed to be naughty kids, right? And we were supposed to be like. That's what we like to think, lah. But <laughs> for my school, kids probably thought that Newtown kids are the top ones. <laughs> so anyway, me and Dino, we were always into like comics. Uh, we were into Transformers. Okay, and we Mars were into cartoons, and... comics, toys, and music. Not in any particular order, but mm. yeah. And I think the big moment came when uh when La Bamba came out, right? Yeah, La Bamba. Wow, La Bamba, the movie, uh, the movie, right. Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, nineteen eighty-seven, Premier Five, right? Yeah. Wow. Then we were like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, can we say fuck? Can I? Yeah, fuck you can, yeah. You can say whatever you want. So, so, and then we we watched the movie separately, and then we thought that, uh, yeah, that was like so cool, right? This this guy, and then uh, playing guitar and all and all these great songs in in the, in the movie, and it was I a think, Rex to Riches kind of thing, like no, he was yeah. just some yeah. dude, regular guy. Had a rock and roll dream, and then became a big rock star. And we couldn't stop talking about it in school. And and I think at that time we kind of formed a, a band of sorts, right? Remember? Did we? <laughs> you know, you know what we it was just two of us <laughs> writing yeah. lyrics. We were like Pet Shop Boys before, you know. <laughs> and then no, we no. were like, yeah, just kind of get into music, and then we would like all sorts of stuff. I remember us having debates about whether. Uh, Madonna was better or Whitney Houston was better? <laughs> yeah. And then we will say Madonna, not because she's hot, but because the tunes are better, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. We focus on the tunes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you did. Yeah, sure. And I remembered also, uh, Dino, uh, I remembered we had music classes and one of the tests you had to pass for music, we didn't play recorder or anything, but you just had to sing a song. I remember Dino sang La Isla Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't remember that, right? No. I don't remember that, man. But I remember it was um I had to figure out the Spanish lyrics. I had no idea what they meant, but <laughs> right. Like... Oh yeah, yeah. And we love La Bamba so much that we actually like transcribe, not transcribe, trans. 
transposed, no, not transposed, actually like wrote it down phonetically so we could sing the La Bamba yeah. song. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I realize that we had a thing for Latin music before, <laughs> like Latin music was a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ahead of your time. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. of course, Dino, Dino uh, was into rock, I think, before, before, before I did. You want yeah. to tell him about the heavy metal story? Yeah, the heavy metal story. So <laughs> around the same time, I was also into like a lot of Malay kids who were into uh, Malay rock songs like, because that was huge, right? Mm. On the radio, Malay radio, it was. Oh yes. Uh, yep. Search wings and all that were huge. So naturally, I got all the cassettes. All the friends were listening to it. I think Elvin was on a different tra- trajectory already by then. <laughs> <laughs> so this was we were in primary six, right? After PSLE, we had this like class gathering. Teacher said, like, okay, you guys can come, wear your own clothes. Wear whatever you want, day. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, best. And then there was a boombox there. <laughs> there was a ghetto blaster there. And then I, I brought a Bon Jovi slippery and wet <laughs> And I thought I was the coolest kid on there because everybody else was like, to like, lame ass pop and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the boombox, and then Elvin came over. <laughs> and I played a cassette, well, played some You Give Love a Bad Name and stuff. Elvin came on over. He came up to me and said, Heavy metal. He started smiling. <laughs> Heavy metal. Yeah, my mind yeah. was blown and you know, there was nothing wrong. <laughs> so anyway, we, we, we went, uh, after primary school, we uh, kind of... Hey, wait, wait, wait. We got to tell them about oh. the rap thing. We went into hip-hop as well. We oh, were yeah, in primary yeah, yeah. five. Wow, okay. Primary four, LL primary five. LL Cool J, I Need wow. Love. That was wow. primary okay. four, was it? We didn't know we didn't know it was like rap or hip hop. We just knew it was a it was a big song at that time. I need love, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I'm and alone then, in my room, sometimes I stand. See, you can still remember that. <laughs> the first two lines from. And then we we were like, "What is this type of music where you know it's just a lot of words mm-hmm. and it's just being like said rhythmically? It's not even singing, you know. It's like so many words being said with uh, in uh, with that cadence and that rhythm. It was, we were so blown away that we. And we couldn't find, it wasn't easy to find, like, it, there was no Spotify and all that, right? So we, we couldn't yeah. find the like, other hip-hop, yeah, like, right. rap stuff. So you know what we did? We, we took, like, all these poems and kids' poems and all that, and we just started rapping over them just because they rhyme and they came in verses and all that. That was crazy, man. Yeah. So anyway, we left. We went to different secondary schools. And after that, we kind of, like, by chance, met in Poly, Nyan Poly again. And uh, I remember the first day of school, uh, we didn't no, keep in touch. It wasn't we, the first day, it was the orientation or something. Orientation. Like uh, so we, we were quite close in primary school, but we didn't kind of keep in yeah. touch, right? Uh, secondary school, second. we totally lost contact. And then, and then we uh, met during <laughs> orientation. And then I remember I was wearing a Beatles t-shirt. I think it was, wearing yeah. Metallica. It was wearing Metallica or something like that. No, I think you were wearing Red Lightning Metallica. And then right, the lightning. Wow. He was pro- probably wearing. Uh, I was wearing flannel. Was it Beatles? I, I remember it was a band T-shirt of some oh, maybe sort. Beatles, so uh. we had our like sticker name tags, and mine said Alvin. He said Dino. And then I saw him. He saw me and like, oh, you Dino, right? <laughs> he was like, you Alvin, right? And we looked yeah, at each other. Like, like, okay, so so the music journey kind of continues because we kind of yeah, acknowledge like, each other. Like, okay, we're wearing still wearing band T-shirts and. Yeah. Soon after that, uh, yeah, yeah the funny hanging. thing is that when we started hanging, we, we, just, we, we discovered that in the absence of, you know, of not meeting other in, in four years, our music mm. tastes pretty much uh, were the same. You know, it was like Nirvana, Metallica, wow. Sonic Youth, The Beatles, mm. which was, I thought, a huge coincidence. Mm. So we decided to form the band, right? 
I, yeah, Master. I mean, we actually said, like, hey, you play guitar? Like, yeah, yeah, I play guitar. So, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was... Natural, naturally, if you find someone at that age, like someone else right. who played music, and you're like, automatically must form a band one. Yeah, so, and then we roped in two other guys, uh, Guna, who played the bass, who was in the same course as us, and Sri Ram, who played, played, the who played the drums, and then we got together. I think we formed a band to participate in in one of the battle of the bands, was it? No, I, I on, think on we did jam for fun before that. It was like, hey, what do you do this? Must jam lah, you play music, I play music. You right. Know? And then it was, uh, first jam was at Viva Musicarama at old studio at Bukit Timah, Upper Bukit Timah. Wow, okay, I remember that one. Yeah, wow. because <laughs> during my secondary school years, that was where yeah, I used to just jam. Just a few, few bus stops away from our school also. Oh yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And it used, and that time you were living in Chochukang, so it was very nearby. I was living in Bukit Batok, I think. Mm. It's very nearby, so naturally it was. And the two guys, they live God knows where, Topayo and Serangoon. <laughs> I did drag them all the way to Upper Bukit Timah for. So anyway, that was where we had our first jam, like. And I remember the first few songs that we played, because around that time we were all into like like grunge and alternative uh, and all that, right? Yeah. Uh, L seven L7? L7 Shove because he had that which we became the kind of riff that we we super love la, that we, we did a lot. playing variations of the same yeah, riff. variations of the same <laughs> don't tell people it's a secret <laughs> it's the same progression all four zombie songs have the same progression <laughs> and we have no idea what it's called also. <laughs> like, oh we did school by Nirvana also. Oh, yeah. okay. Because okay. Uh, we saw that live performance of school where, which was super intense and then Kurt ended up like throwing the guitar and all that. Yeah. So inside the jamming studio, so I think we we threw the guitar. Like, <laughs> like every jamming session was like a gig. Like, then, <laughs> so what was the band called back then? Yeah. Okay, we, didn't, me, right? <laughs> we didn't have a name. I, I'm not sure we had a name already. But I remember the name came out because we were big on drawing on the school desks. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of, uh, graffiti done back in 1983-94 was done by <laughs> yours truly. <laughs> one of the things that we did, I can't remember why we ended up drawing this, was like these two heads vomiting into each other. Oh, okay, okay. And then, uh, I, I think that time we, we thought like we were super punk and super edgy. <laughs> and then we named the graffiti Force Vomit. Uh. Force Vomit. Oh, uh, oh we, okay, okay. Yeah, we thought that we were like being very... Uh, ironic and clever by having such a ridiculous name. And so we had that name, we had the band, and then I think we started uh, wanting to write songs. I think we had a very uh, strong urge to write our own songs, right? You, I think you came up with the first song. It's called Hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wrote it and then uh, Guna, the bassist, came up with the bass riff. And then looking back, oh, yeah. it kind, it's kind of, kind of like... A bit embarrassing lah, cause first song and all that, right? We used to spend a lot of time in Elvin's bedroom in Chua Chukang. And that was pretty much where we wrote our songs, right? Because yeah. you have one acoustic guitar on there. Yeah. Yeah, you had the electric guitar with that Chipo Ross amp. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so, so we wanted to get a bit serious and then start, we wanted to do a demo, remember? Yeah, but that and was much later. La. We played gigs first. Well, we were still a four-piece, right? We played two shows because we were in uh, Nian wow, Polytechnic. Remember? Uh. 
so Nian Polytechnic had, uh, and we were in the mass comm department, and the mass comm department has runs the radio station, and the radio mm. station has this annual uh, concert series called the Heatwave Gig. Mm, that's right, yeah. So it's pretty much, that time we were in year one, and it was our seniors in year three who organized the gigs. Like every year three seniors will, one of their major projects will be the Heatwave Gig. So mm. I think they thought it was very convenient that one of some of the juniors play in a band, so they asked us, you want to play in this band? You want to play this gig? And mm. because... Yeah, we, we opened the show, I think, because we were like the unknown bands. Nobody knew who the hell we were. We just happened to be mass kids. We, we were four songs. Oh, but before that, I think we, you were right. We did join that uh, Nian band competition or something. Yeah. So we, I, I remember we tried to uh, we tried out for the, the competition. We played one song, uh, didn't get selected. We played... Uh, yeah. I one remember I threw my guitar down because I thought I was Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was the doors, right? We we, we played. No, I think there was another. There was another. Okay, so anyway, we didn't get through, lah. So it didn't matter. But the gig was uh the first one we played, and then was quite nice cause like uh I remember Waki uh if you guys can remember who she was like kind of heavily involved in the scene who was she was with Pony Canyon at that time. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So this one was of before, the, like, when she was still a student. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before she was okay. with Pony Canyon. Like influenced influence us a lot. Like she kind know? of groomed us in a in a way. In a <laughs> yeah, good way. Yeah, yeah. She like will pass us <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Passes all this right girl stuff got us into like right girl. Oh really? Girl, wow. Huggy bear, bikini yeah, kill yeah. kind of Kind of things oh, wow. and because she was Malaysian but she was studying in Singapore so she had a yeah. strong yeah. connection to the Malaysian scene so that's how we we, we became very influenced by the uh, alternative scene in Malaysia because our friend Wati kept on passing us demos um, yeah. bands that became later became big like OAG Old Automatic oh, Garbage okay, okay. OAG right, actually right. came down to Ngayang Polytech to hang out with us and uh, you know give us their music we gave them our music and then wow. we started writing to uh, Malaysian bands and uh, people like Joe Kid you know, the, the music writers right. over there, we were like mailing stuff to them because our friend Watila, she started that connection and we, yeah. we, for some reason, we were super excited about them, more excited about the Malaysian underground scene than we were the Singapore one. Yeah, much more than that, she introduced like us to a lot of new music that, uh, you know, just like totally expanded our, our perception of like, you know, what uh, is out there. Yeah, so yeah, shout out to Wati, man. Big, big <laughs> so was was that heatwave gig? That was your very first like, like proper gig. Yeah, gig. we yeah, yeah. played four songs. I still remember we we were given like twenty minutes or something. So we said, okay, let's do four songs. Right. So the songs that we did, I remember were we did uh, Susan Vegas Luca, but like a punk rock version of of Luca. Wow. We okay. did uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun, but the <laughs> the Breeders version, the one from Port. Uh, right, for some right. reason we were, yeah. we were into yes. readers that time right, okay. right. and then uh, we did uh, two original songs right Hi and the first song that we ever wrote and C the second C song CL right CL which stands for Chao Alien <laughs> <laughs> because it was about one of our friends right who was yeah who was a Chao Alien uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, nice, nice alien, But you know, just see, I was Yeah, but it was just that uh, we thought it was funny, la, So yeah. Okay. It had this uh, bridge. Ciao alien, ciao alien. <laughs> and then uh, we wanted wow. to do the rock and roll things. I remember Guna or Basis. He played barefooted because he saw Jim Morrison play barefoot, and then he he, he did like a jump. <laughs> we thought he that was like the coolest. Uh, he thought he was stomping ground or something like a jump. Swallow your price, swallow. 
actually very aware of the the Singapore scene at that time as well. Like, we weren't close. We were aware, but we weren't closely associated. Yeah. I think we heard a lot of stuff after we played the gig, right? We heard a lot of stuff like, I can't remember was it Joe Ng or Patrick Chung who said to Wati like, "For Zomit, uh, change their name." <laughs> I might be, <laughs> this might be slanderous. It might not have been that much. And then we were very angry. We were like, "What the hell?" Like, right? Like, like, it yeah. made us more want to keep name even more because we thought that you know it's a, it's a fu to whoever thought that it was a stupid name. As teenagers, we were yeah, we were we were not like friends with anybody in the scene or what, but we just thought that uh yeah okay you know we know all the people that came before us right but we were a bit young and a bit obnoxious also at that time like yeah fuck like, all these people all old bands already the new <laughs> up and comers we're gonna destroy everything you know <laughs> like just start something on our own yeah. so we came in like, like yeah no, fuck you we got the tunes man yeah we got the tunes we got so we the youth that. on our side yeah. <laughs> young dumb and full of calm attitude like, at the yeah. time <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's what that's why it's about, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you grew up. <laughs> then you grew up. <laughs> then, then you start yeah. becoming friends with Joe then. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> became friends with Joe Ng, became friends with Patrick Chan and super polite to everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you, so so did you did you would you did you go down to like all these like do do the gigs and all that? Um, we did, we did. Yeah, yeah, back then sure, the best thing about back then was like a lot of shows were at schools. Like yeah, Singapore true. Poly, Indian Poly, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ITEs and all that. And then every gig, if you remember, was an event. Mm. You know, you'll see the posters at Chua Ju Hua or, yeah. Yeah. or uh, um, Dada and all that. And you'll be like, okay, okay, mark this date. We're going, we're all going. Huh? Right. And Substation, obviously. I think the first gig we went to together, Elvin, was the Substation 1. Uh, Psychosonic, I think. Was that? Oh, okay, okay. At, um, Stone Revivals. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first band that we saw we came was Tony Revels and everybody was just nicely sitting in front. This was at the garden, sitting on the floor. We were all sitting on the floor. Right, yeah. I can't yeah. remember who else played after that. But then Psychosonic played and we were still on the floor. <laughs> and then the, crowd, the washing crowd came yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say, if you had that gig... <laughs> and then we were caught in the wash. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's really... Uh, okay. Transition from Stone Revels to Psychosonic was quite a... Uh, yeah, and then got crush on the entire Psychosonic band. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and the uh, World Trade Center gigs also, the MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, yes. right. Highlight also of the yes. week. Yeah. 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 It was like, yeah. who's going to be playing at this weekend? Yeah. And then you go there, it's some oldies band playing 60s on the like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's interesting you say that because I mean, at that time, right, it was, it was a very, very interesting... A variety show so-called gigs you know yeah, but it's yeah. not even like a, a curated variety show like you said you no, can get not. Stone Revival you get Psychosonic you got yeah. Stomping Ground or, or one of those bigger like Anesthesia or whoever or Sherry yeah. all in the same <laughs> in the same bill and then it's, it becomes a very like musically it's a very schizophrenic jump from like you can but get it was very exciting for guys. a young kid for a teenager back then because you absorb all this stuff uh, maybe some genres that you've never heard of before mm. you know and uh, Crack Healer. I first time I heard Rage Against the Machine was because Crack Healer covered their song. Woody and Crack Healer wow. covered their song. I was like, so uh, every gig was an education uh, also for, you know. Was it Crack Healer or Crack Healer? It was Crack Healer and then I think yeah, because, and then yeah, they, they changed it. They had to they change, change it for just because somebody told them that, you know, maybe that name cannot make it. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so maybe. Or nicely still okay. Still keep uh, with the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, in, I mean, that of course brings brings us to as far as I can remember. I mean, I first heard 
Spaceman over Malaysia. Yeah. I think from the big O um, CD. Singles Club. That's it. Yeah, that's right. The Singles Club single one, right? Yeah. yeah. So but, you talk about that. Was that the first recording you guys ever did? Oh, actually, oh. by then we 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 had already done quite a few recordings, but that was our first time in a proper big studio. Right. Because before that, so the story was we started recording in TNT in '95. We we whittled down from a four piece, mm-hmm. and then we dropped the drummer and the bassist, uh, and then we 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 saw Ning, the drummer, uh-huh. who she was a drummer with yeah. uh, the hardcore all girl hardcore band Obstacle Up Search. Mm. Right. Yes. We saw her play, and we were like. My yeah, God, she was wearing Adidas, uh, the 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 sweater, right? The track Chewing, suit. Yeah, that track yeah. suit jacket, track which was jacket. such a hot thing back then. You had one, you were like the the shit lah. Yeah. She was playing drums. And she, she had was, it. <laughs> she was chewing gum and playing the drums. Yeah. It's like, like this this girl so cool. She had this groove when she was playing. Yeah. So. I think we told then, Wati like, can you do her for us? Intro, intro. <laughs> And then I think she came to our first gig where we were still a four piece. Then she was somewhere mm. in the back. Then Wati said, "Oh, this Ning, then we just hi hi so shy." <laughs> so so actually, when when Ning joined the band, that was when we started. We got serious. Come, yeah, like we wanted like to record demos. Proper have, serious. Oh, and uh, and then Elvin switched from playing guitars and singing to bass since we lost the bassist. Right. So it was just me on guitars and singing, Elvin on bass and singing, Ning on drums. Just a three piece then. Like, it was yeah. a three piece, and that was when we got super serious, like sit down, proper songs, right? Like uh, proper arrangements. Meet at Marina Square record. every Sunday. Yeah, meet at Marina Square every Sunday. Wow! Like how those church groups meet up, you know, make one circle at Marina <laughs> Square last time. I was a very small circle of three of us <laughs> going through songs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we recorded the first demo, and then Spaceman Over Malaysia was in that demo. No, no. Spaceman was the no? second demo. Elvin, getting all like. <laughs> <laughs> so the first demo was yeah, 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 yeah. Google. It was uh, I think ten songs. Right, right, okay. Ten songs in it. Didn't make much of a splash, but we thought it was the best thing ever, lah. But <laughs> yeah, but it was the second. The following year, ninety five, ninety six, when we released the second demo, uh, which had Spaceman over Malaysia. I thought within that one year from the first demo to the second demo, I, for some reason we we improved a lot in our songwriting and. Uh, we we became a bit more focused in our sound and uh, what we wanted Falls on it to sound like. But... That was a demo that uh, somehow ended up in Chris Ho's hands. Then he wrote mm. this fantastic half-page story in, in the Straits Times and called us right. Singapore's greatest undiscovered band. And we were like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> but we were pretty confident like of what we had, the songs that we had on the second demo. The, so second we, demo. the other main aim of us, uh, the other main objective for us to achieve at that time was to make sure that Joe Kid in Malaysia, Joe Kid used to write for the sun, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The sun or the star? But basically, he's the godfather of the Malaysia underground yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, it was very important that he took notice of us. <laughs> so we were, <laughs> we, we sent, sent the first demo. The, the first demo a, also. He wrote about us in the first He wrote demo? about the first demo. Yeah, yeah, he wrote about the first demo as well. And that was our first proper coverage, like proper mainstream 
media. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think yeah. I, I have a copy of the, the article somewhere. We were confident lah. We sent him the demo and like, okay. We he sure will listen. Yeah, we mailed him the demo. It's like, sure will listen. Like, on. Yeah. He will sure listen and then he will sure write about us. We were so then, confident that we would take the bus to JB. <laughs> the paper comes out Friday or something like that, right? Saturday. Every Saturday, Elvin yeah. and I will take 170, that bus that goes, <laughs> no bring our passports, go into Johor, buy the newspaper, and hope again. to see that our demo was really good in it. Whoa. And uh, we, we did that for like a month until it came out, right? And they say, see? Wow. Confirm, confirm a review. Yeah, that's why. But, but it was cool uh, because even if we were not in it, every Saturday we would read yeah, about that's true. Joe's reviews of right. the Malaysian dance. And yeah, Spaceman Over Malaysia was on the second demo. I and I thought that was a great, uh, great uh, take that we did, right? Yeah. I think it was the best take that we, we did for, yeah. even better than the big old singles club. Yeah, one. I remember we in TNT and then sometimes people, while we were mixing, sometimes people, you know, TNT people, all kinds of people yeah. come over, they will listen, yeah. they were like, oh, what's this? You know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. among them was uh, Vijay Singh and his brother, they had that Zine last time. This, our kids call it Zin. We call Zin, it Zine, not Zin. Yeah, yeah, they were like, then we felt like, hey, a lot of people like commenting about this song, they? like, feel like it's something special. And then when Big O put out that thing about uh, calling for bands to submit recordings for the next singles club right. compilation, we actually busted the deadline because we, we just enlisted the NS. Oh, okay. Or something, and then we were like, oh shit, the deadline is over, but mm. let's just send anyway. So I just send anyway, and try, try our luck. How did that song appear on John Peel's program? That would be, I guess, Big O, I guess. They, they were the ones who sent it out yeah. uh, to John Peel. It wasn't just us. It was the, I mean, they played uh, Astral. It was us mm. and Astral, right, on the CD. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's Philip, right? I mean, we didn't have anything to do. We were like in DMT at the time. <laughs> yeah, they just, sent it, they just sent it in and then it just happened that John Peel picked it up. Well, I don't know how or why. Did you, did you guys know about, I mean, like, did they tell you that, oh, you guys are going to be on, on John? Yeah, we did, because they actually told the press, and then Straits Times also wrote about it, <laughs> saying that, wow, John Peel is going to play, uh, you know, this Singapore band song at this right. time, at this date. And then I was a bit bummed because I couldn't listen to it. At that time, I was, uh, we were still in NS, right? I was in camp, right? Yeah, I think oh. I still recorded the, the, the thing. La. Wow. Right? You know? I yeah somebody recorded it for us listen back but, but it was in the papers and all that like it was crazy it was, yeah 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 big, it was a big deal yeah it was a big deal like we Definitely. felt it was a big deal because you know, shit was written being written about yeah. it we felt like it was the biggest thing in Singapore right now because John Peel played us <laughs> but actually we we were inside camp like running like, in, the back, in the backpack <laughs> doing laps around the the training ground the obstacle course yeah obstacle course but deep in our hearts we were like John Peel played uh, song. John Peel yeah. yeah 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 got me through the SOC <laughs> so so when was um the the album your the first one the furniture goes up I think. When was that done? That was, uh, we was started in about 97. So we put out the first demo in 95, second demo in yeah. 96. So the logical progression for us was uh, 97, we're going to put out another demo. Uh. Right. But somewhere along the line, one of our good friends, his name is Dwayne Ko. He's a, he's, a, he's a good friend. We go to gigs with him and everything. All. Great taste in music. He used to go to his house, listen to music and stuff. Um, he told us like, hey guys, why don't we take this to the next level? Uh, you know, instead of another demo, let's, Let's record a proper album, you know. Let's uh and then we were like, we got money, we got money for TNT only, like budget. Got then he's like, he got some loan from his dad or something, right? 
Okay. Yeah, he's he's quite rich, lah. His family is quite rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think his dad wanted him to like, okay, I give you this money, you prove yourself, you try, you do some business venture thingy or what. Then they he give it to us. <laughs> he he decided to like start up a record label, Leaf okay. Records, and we were like his guinea pigs, his experiment. Like he said, okay. Okay. Uh, let's uh, uh, let's go into like a a a bigger a better studio, which happened to be mix mix studios. Oh, mix. Yeah. Yeah. And Hong Kong. Yeah. And M Y M M Y X. So yeah. we jammed and mixed a few times, and then uh, we found out that they were doing recordings, and and then we heard some of the stuff that were recorded there, or like uh, some of the metal bands that mix metal metal assault compilation. Mm. And we were like, wow, this sounds yep. like you no know, a step ahead from TNT. And then uh, we told the owner, um, what's his name? Mix- Jerry. 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 Yes. Yeah. Jerry, yeah. you want to record here? Then he said, okay lah. This is the this is how much it costs. Da da da. Then we told Dwayne, say okay, I'll put this. Uh, I have this certain amount of money. Then you'll get certain amount of hours and all that. And we were like, okay, hey Jerry, a uh, long time veteran in the in the studio. He will record <laughs> us music scene veteran will record us. Sekali when we turn up, the first day we come in, it's not Jerry who's doing the recording, it's this dude called Leonard Susay. The guy who picks up the phone to, to make bookings. He was like, felt a bit cheated, like, hey, we paid for the boss, how can we get yeah. this underling? <laughs> Which turned out to be the best thing to happen yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was like, open to us trying anything, right? Yeah, we... We were like that. He he would impress him, us. Well. Yeah, he was like yeah, he, we he went to Canada to studies. Yeah, like study music, yeah, yeah. study audio engineering. Yeah. And at that time, he already recorded. Um, what was that band? Maybe that that metal soul metal band alternative rock. Uh, can't remember. Neural Neural vibe. Neural vibe. Oh, neural vibe. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, I remember yeah. being quite impressed. Like metal oh, soul. Huh? Yeah, metal soul. <laughs> soul yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah. Heavy, yeah, heavy, yeah. heavy, but soulful. You know. Yeah, cool name and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun with Leonard in the studio. Recorded um some new songs and we we recorded some stuff on the first demo as well, right? Oh, okay. So that was our uh, first properly recorded album. Okay, yeah, okay. But with this time uh, without a producer, like we were self-producing it with with Leonard. Like, so we told Leonard, like, okay, we bring all these CDs, like Leonard, we want to sound like Supergrass. Leonard, we want to sound like Kick. Right. <laughs> right, right. And Leonard is like, can? Everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very, he was very good at, at nurturing yeah. uh, bands to express, you know, the musical expression, so to speak. Yeah, he won't tell you what to do. He will. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you want? And then, uh, yeah. you know, like, he will. So when we heard, like, like the the mix, and then we heard like, oh, this is after the mix, this is what it sounds like being mastered. Oh, but I mean, it's like during the mastering sessions, we do it on both us. Yeah. And uh, what was that guy's name? It was this Malaysian guy who was working in the mastering suite Kang. at that time. And then Kang, right? Kang. Was it Kang? H.C. Yeah. Kang. H.C. Kang. H.C. Kang, yeah. And then every song, we would spend like hours. I thought really? it was the mastering was just putting one thing, boom, then go. But this dude, he will go through every song. At least at least an hour or two each song, I remember. And then he would like wow. go through each levels, go through each instruments and all that. So I saw firsthand what he did and how meticulous it is. Like, and then you listen the original uh, mix versus the mastering mastered mix. And he did a fantastic job. And um Dwayne, the guy who, who paid for us, he was there with me, like, the, the record label guy. And he said, Hey, we have a bit more budget, let's uh remaster the second demo as well. And that was mm-hmm. that that saw the biggest jump in quality. It was like first it was a TNT, very mono like quality. And then he, right. when he mastered it, it sounded so good. It was still raw. You know, it still had that raw brown sound, like garage sound, but 
at the same time, it was, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it was like taking uh, a blanket off of your speakers. Mm-mm-mm. Right, no, right. And, and that was in the 90s. <laughs> it was late 98. I think we recorded throughout the whole of, we started at the end of 97, I think. Wow. For some okay. reason, the, the recording session, because we were still at NS at that time. So we could oh, do, right. only do it on, on weekday nights or right. on weekends. Uh, got stretched out and we finally launched it uh, end of 98. I think it was December or November at Tower Records. Because wow, okay. Dwayne knew the manager of Tower Records at that time. And uh, they they were quite they were quite keen on having bands play uh, on the was it on the second floor or the first floor? You know where you yeah, the second floor, Tower you Records. Could see the escalators the, yeah, you could see the escalator the, and yeah. you, you stand around and then people will be standing around the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the barriers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it was so cool because Tower Records went all out, man. They Mm. They made, you know, they, they had the big posters that they made the 3D like artwork yep. for yeah. every major yeah. release. They made one for us. I still have it yep. in my room right now, that big Fozoic poster that they, that, that, that they made. It was like 3D effect with the album cover and all that. And then like we, we had like, our own stand like, in Tower Records. That was so yep. cool. Yeah, that's the stand, yeah, that standy thing. Yeah. So we had our launch there. I remember it was super fun. Like, that was our first uh, gig that we did solo. Headline solo ninety eight, right, Alvin? Did we have someone playing with us on no, like before it us? No, it was just us. It was just like us. We had two sets, I remember. Wow! And then uh, surprised that so many people came. We were like, one of those people who came was someone who eventually became our bassist. <laughs> one, because I remember <laughs> giving stickers to him. He was asking for more and say, "No, everybody gets one." Only. <laughs> no, we we call out all our school friends and all. That. It's like we hope like at least the ten people like all of our school friends will come and see us, but. Okay. We were surprised that you know, quite a crowd like, and they stayed for both sets, I remember. I have to ask you about this uh, because one of the things um, that I particularly liked about you guys is, uh, is the naming of stuff. So apart from your band, yeah. your, your, your album, your, this, this CD album was uh, The Furniture Goes Up. But yeah. I think your, your previous, the demo one was uh, something about Conspiracy Agogo, the first, first one. one Conspiracy Agogo, yes. Yeah. The fight in the yeah, cave of the moon butchers. Yeah, yes. how, how, why, and and then the other one, the one that came out after the, your other album, um, Trust Fund Rockers. Give it up for Trust Fund Rockers. Give it up for the Trust Fund Yeah, so what, what why, <laughs> basically? So it was all from movies and books that we read. Conspiracy Agogo was from Slackers. Do you remember that uh, Link Later movie? Oh, yes. Slackers. Yeah. So yep. I remember we watched it at one of the film fests, me and Elvin, right? And yeah. Buna, I think. It was such a trippy show that we, we remembered it for a very long time. I remember it's a, there was one character in Slackers, that's this guy who who was writing a book about a JFK assassination, was it? Correct me if I'm wrong. Then he said it was, he was going to be called Conspiracy Agogo. And we just, it was, it was stuck in our heads. Like, it was like, what a super <laughs> cool title for, for anything, like, you know, Conspiracy Agogo. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a connection between us and uh, Richard Linklater. <laughs> so that was the first demo. Second demo was uh, Raul Dow. No, no. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fight the Cave of the Moon, which is, was a H.G. Wells chapter. Oh yeah, H.G. Wells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Man on the Moon, and uh, this I think there was this secondhand bookstore in what was that building that Valentine's was in? Uh, Parkway. Park Lane. Park Lane. Park Lane. Besides yeah. Park, Park Lane, I think. Paradise. Was it Paradise? Paradise Center. Yeah, yeah. Paradise Center. So there was a Paradise, this yeah. secondhand bookstore which had all these fantastic books from the 60s and 70s. Oh, yes, yes. And then oh, I think one of the it? copies that we bought like 50 cents or a dollar was 
first man on the moon la, and then we were flipping okay. through the chapter titles and then the fight that gave the moon butchers was there and that became the title of the you don't really read those books like we just I can't remember <laughs> nice, man, the last, title. nice titles I used, yeah I used to go there like pick up all the old magazines from the 60s just to cut out for our album covers and, and stuff because it was all this vintage like graphics and stuff la. and then uh, Furniture Goes Up was Roald Dahl Roald Dahl yeah right. tweets one, one of the, the Oh yes, yes, titles yes, from the yeah. tweets. Trust some rockers. Uh, no, I was just a... I just came up with that on top of my own head. Like. I think uh, I was this thing about you, this was in would... the nineties. I think it was like my own like take on on all these kids with rich parents, <laughs> yeah. supposed to kids like us to like, scream and save to our, our, our allowances to record demos and, and yeah. You know. I I saved for two years to to get the. The right. fake strat. The yeah, fake strat. Was, <laughs> Not fake, la. I mean, it was the second, it was the second strat, but yeah. Yeah, but we made do with what we had. La. That's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, more importantly, the guitars need to look cool. If it doesn't sound right, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so correct. Nothing, a uh, distortion pedal won't fix. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. your first album comes out um, you guys go on you, I mean you guys started doing gigs uh, quite extensively right, if I remember correctly I, I remember actually after the second demo come, we, we, we got a lot of shows probably thanks to like ah. the Chris Ho's articles and the big old the, the singles club uh, and stuff because I remember mm. when we were in NS right we had a lot of tons of shows like every weekend was we spent either jamming or gigging right. and we right. played everywhere and back then Nobody paid us. <laughs> we we just there was this pub called uh red uh red red octopus red octopus yeah so I think we we gig there quite a fair bit like yeah. uh, none of this uh like uh, indie uh uh band organization kind of thing we were just there uh at yeah the we pub were there just evening. to to watch some bands or whatever and then they just they were well, taking they, a break yeah and they just said whoever wants to come up and play. Hang on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Chop, chop, time out. Okay. You guys were there having a drink, watching a yeah. band, and then and then the guy is like, okay, well, who else wants to come out? We don't want to do this anymore. The, yeah, it was these three Caucasian guys, right? It was yeah. the, they were the house band also. They just, I think Red Opera just let them play. And right. then during the then break, they took a break. Yeah, they took a and break, and then they asked whoever wants to come up, feel free. So when, when, we, when we went up, and then we, we did one of our crowd favorites, which, which was uh, uh, the I Kings. Did, the Kings, right? Uh, you, you really uh, got me. No, no, no. All no, day, no, all you night. Really got me. All day, and all, all, day and all, all the day, night. Yeah. All day and all the night. So, so when, when we did that, like the whole pub, like just like Stood erupted, up, started, yeah. dancing. <laughs> started dancing. Hey, the, the Caucasian band that was nobody was dancing. Oh, okay. shit, out. <laughs> <laughs> we went up. <laughs> we played all day, all the night, and people just like, yeah, it was yeah. so weird. It was all so, so we could that's, then we played a few more songs, and then okay, yeah. the band came back. And then the owner of the pub asked us, uh, you know, you guys can want to come back to play it the following anytime. week. Yeah. Anytime yeah, right. you want to play, play. Uh. But the thing was, uh, he didn't pay us. He will only pay us in beer, right? In drinks. Yeah, yeah in I drinks. don't even drink. Yeah. <laughs> what, this is like, I'm getting the short end of the stick here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm playing yeah. for Coke and you're playing for beer. <laughs> Ming and Dino, they, they don't drink. So. They're boring. Uh. Like Elvin got all our beers. Uh. Yeah, but we got Guna and uh, some yeah, friends so along. our friends were happy. We were basically <laughs> playing for our friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they were like, hey guys, play some more. Then they can have free drinks. Yeah. But so it was I, good, good, 
training, right? Yeah, it was good training for us because it wasn't an indie crowd. This was right. people who came down to drink to have a yeah. good time. When you go to an indie crowd, you know how judgmental people are. People yeah. are like, "How cool are you on stage?" Right? Yeah. yeah. When we played at Red Octopus, it was like, "Entertain us!" You know, I don't care what you play. Play something groovy. Play something good. Yeah. But the thing is, we didn't have to play like um, you you know like commercial rock or whatever. We could just mm-hmm. like play our version of like the Doors or version mm-hmm. of the Kings, and then oh, yeah, yeah. you know it was like it would have been fun. Also, it was fun also, right? Yeah. So we would play this mix of you know like a pop punk or a surf punk covers of the Doors, the Kings. What else did we do? We did everything. Like we did eighties pop songs. Uh, we did John Lennon's Jealous Guy. You know, like a. Oh yeah, and then this this <laughs> punk version, and then we put in our own song inside there, and then people dance. I think one of the most memorable shows we played was a countdown gig. Did we do the countdown? Was it us or Flo? I can't remember. Probably not us, lah. And then, so. but what I remember was when Flo was playing, I was on stage, sitting at the side of the stage, and then there was a fight. And it was like one of those bar room fights that you see in Western movies. Wow, chairs oh, were flying. And then we were just up on stage, like what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I mean, but speaking of like, like you mentioned about kids and stuff. But I mean, another one that's another one of your tunes very recognizable and uh, uh, it's the teeth. Elvin, this was uh, Elvin. <laughs> we actually, you actually wrote City while we were recording uh, the first yes. CD, but by then it was too late to to include it in that CD because we already we've already done started recording and you know almost out already. So playing it live at the shows when we wanted to promote the first album, so it was like uh, here's right. a sneak preview of the next album, even though we just came out with the first album. <laughs> so right? yeah, yeah, yeah. City, and City. City, yeah, we wrote, it was quite old song, la, actually part of the first album's catalog, the uh, rep- repertoire. But it was right? too late to include. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, you wanted, it's about. Oh, yeah, yeah. My family had a helper at the time. Her name was City. So, City, uh, just, just the name of the song, but also at the time, I remember I was reading a lot in the papers about the Indonesian uh, riots. There was this 98, uh, 98, 98. yeah, internal, uh, like kind of a civil war. I can't remember the context of it, but I remember reading the papers and there was actually a picture of guy holding a beheaded head uh, in the mm. papers. That affected yes. me a lot. Yeah. You remember the, the picture also? Uh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I started writing about the song sort of as a, what's the word? Uh, allegory uh, to, to what was happening in, in Indonesia. Uh. So, city don't give up. So like, you know, telling our friends in Indonesia, which at the time I didn't know, have, know anybody from Indonesia except for City. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, telling them not to give up, but through the eyes of like what it will also mean to be a uh, domestic helper in Singapore. So, uh, and uh, at that song, I remember uh, Dino came over, we were preparing to play at an acoustic gig in Substation. Yeah, yeah, uh, acoustic Taking the song. Was it a big old gig? I can't remember. Yeah. Was it a unplugged? Uh, 
So he came, played a song. Ning didn't turn up. We practiced. No, she didn't. We practiced with Ning. Yeah. She didn't turn up. Yeah. She didn't turn up. So it was supposed to be an acoustic. So the first version of City that we played was acoustic, lah. We practiced right. it in Elvin's room, then we played it. Uh, but Ning yeah. didn't turn up to the gig, so it was just me and Elvin. And I remember one of the magic moments uh, I had, particularly with the song, was when we were jamming, uh, at um, Viva. We played a song like. Like electrically, uh, in 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 a in a in a studio, and then uh, it got to a part where there 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 needed to be a solo. So, uh, when Dino busted the solo right, and it was like the first time or something like that that he busted that solo right, and then it just was one of those reasons where you felt like, well, that's why I'm in a band because like shit like that happens because. You know, like everything just right. comes together, and the song is just so perfect in that moment. And yeah, lah. So that was that. That was like a special, lah. It felt like a special song, and I guess like over time, it did prove to be quite special because like people like still like the song. Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's one of my definitely one of my top top ten songs, uh, local local wow. songs like ever. Seriously. Ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's up there, lah. Especially when there's the accompanying video. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> okay, the, the video was a budget production from my brother. His his final year project or something. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, and then the song for some reason became big among the Malay community in Singapore because mm. we played it on Surya. So right. uh, Najib Hadi at this one of these shows. At that yeah. time, Elvin already left the band. There was a when we recorded the second album, it was, a, it was a different lineup, really. Okay. So when we came on the second album, Najib Ali was called us and say, "Hey, come on to the show. I have this one of those variety shows and stuff at bands every week." Was it like uh, the Asia Bagus that kind of thing? No, it, it wasn't Asia Bagus. Like it was one of the one of his many Surya shows, lah. Mm-hmm. So some we, variety show, lah. Yeah, it, it was a bright. Um, yeah, oh. he had like, I think it was a music. This show, I can't remember. Oh, what it was called. Wait, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, he had a few, yeah. like, he had a few. Yeah, so this yeah, was, but there was one dedicated strictly just to yeah, the different, different music. Uh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. on that show, it was us and uh, um, Urban Kama. Okay. Yeah, so Urban Kama had the had their album, the first album just came out at that time, and then we had uh, the second album came out at that time. So naturally, we played City. Like, we didn't have any Malay songs. Actually, we had one Malay song okay. by, uh, called Maintenance, but it was like a jokey song. Like. We decided right. to play City instead because not Malay song, but got Malayish titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So we played it. Uh, and it was like prime time uh, Malay television slot. Mm. Uh, like Tuesday, 8.30pm when anyone who's Malay in Singapore will be tuning in and watching it. <laughs> and the song just exploded. Like, oh, oh yeah, another thing is we had a friend in Ria, the Malay radio station that plays English and, and Malay songs. Right. We had a friend, a friend who knew the DJ there. Uh, right. So we, we met up with her, we passed her the CD, said, hey, would you like to play our song? <laughs> and she did. Like, and she did. And for some reason, the song blew up on Malay radio. And then after we came out on the TV show, and we suddenly had this new fan base. Previously, it was like the indie alternative kids. Yeah. Suddenly, we had like the... You know, the Machi is also... Yeah, Machi is also... <laughs> knew the song. Anybody who's called City suddenly thought that the song was for them. <laughs> and why not? <laughs> yeah, and why not? Yeah. Yeah, we were just happy to play along. Like, yeah, 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 of course, this song is about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean like, you know, were you guys like surprised by the response? Though? I mean... Uh, or was it something? I was lah. To be honest, I didn't think that City was the strongest song. 
on the hey. second album I probably had. Why is uh... no disrespect to you, Elvin? <laughs> okay, but the biggest thing that happened to the song was the reception in Malaysia. That was nuts. Mm. Uh. It was just crazy nuts. We only started playing in. Like I told you how how we were so obsessed with the Malaysian scene and all that, right? But yep. we never ever got a chance to play there until 2002 after the second album came out. And then uh, by the time finished NS already, so easier for us to travel and stuff, right? Mm. And then Joe Kid, we were always keep in touch with Joe Kid and Joe Kid would always like write about us either in his newspaper columns or in, right. the, in, the, in the zines, 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 whatever. And then, uh, so one time he had this series of shows at this jazz club called No Black Tie. Mm. Yes, yeah. So he called up. So he, I think it was, by then it was already emailed. We stopped like sending letters to each other. <laughs> I think he emailed and said like, uh, you guys want to play one of our shows here? I was like, of course, man. I was like, took leave and everything all. Called some friends, told the rest all, you know, cancel all work or whatever. <laughs> like, it was a Saturday night. Um... Then we took the bus, like, we took the bus, went up there and played. It was a very small club. But the thing about Joki at that time, he was he his crowd was the punk. We're not talking about the pop punk guys, we're talking about hmm. the crusty punks, you know, the one hmm. wearing white and black and all that. Right. So, right. So at that show that we played, it was like mostly crusty punks and all that. But we were the only band playing like goofy, like garage happy, happy <laughs> punk songs and all that. But they loved us. Everybody was like moshing in a small little club. They didn't know our songs, but they were singing along. For some reason, like City had the, the biggest reception. Wow. And then from that one gig, we started getting... It was like a Velo Underground thing. Like at that gig, there was a lot of uh, gig organizers <laughs> who were there, saw us play, started calling us up for Malaysian shows. So from like 2002 to 2005, I think, we had a lot of shows in Malaysia. It was, we were playing... We started like in the small clubs, like No Black Tie. Then we mm. went out. We even played this huge festival called uh, Rock the World. At mm, uh, yeah. Stadium Nagara, Stadium, which had, yeah. from what I was told, it was like 30,000 crowd. And that was the biggest show that we ever played mm. to. Like, it was nuts. It was like, can you imagine like one whole stadium of people jumping out? And they're all new city. And this was before uh, Spotify and things like that. So I guess they either like traded tapes, made tapes or songs or heard them online or whatever. I, one of the, the videos out on YouTube, it's uh, to this day, I'm still amazed that that happened, like, you know, like. 30,000 Malaysians singing along to City. Still not the strongest song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> most popular song. <laughs> Don't think it's a strong song, but definitely our most popular song. You, did, you, didn't, do, you didn't do the, the, you didn't do the, the whole Freddie Mercury thing. Uh. I think I, no, I, I, I went out, I, I thought I was being very clever. I went out and I thought like, hey, you know, uh, Singapore, Malay, Malaysian, Malay, a bit different now. We say things like Gary. You guys don't say right. Everybody say, everybody say Gary. Everybody say Gary. 30,000 ah, Malaysians yes. went out and say Gary. <laughs> yeah, but we only had like, we, could, we were only allowed to play four songs because that festival had many bands. So every band was only uh, allowed to play four songs. So we didn't have much time to, to, to do stuff. Like. But of mm. course, we had to play City was the last song. Right, right. Because we were playing so many shows at that time. And at first, it felt like, okay, it's just another show in Malaysia. It's a, it's a, it's a huge venue. But... To us, it was we would play we played so many Malaysian shows at that time, you know, like from small dingy clubs to like mid-sized yeah. venue, mid-sized clubs and all that. That, that uh yeah, but when you when we went there for the sound check, you saw it, it was a big stage, and then you come back later at the night during the set, and you know, you saw all these huge crowds of people, it was just nuts, la. you know. We when we came off, we came off on the stage backstage, we went out like we were mobbed by the crowd. Okay, all these people from all over Malaysia, from Kelantan, from Kedah, from Ipoh, whatever, just started mobbing us, taking pictures and stuff, and all that. That was a crazy moment, la, I remember. Okay. I felt yeah, like the Beatles, man. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was it was our one with them. Sadly, sadly, Alvin wasn't there because that time he thought it was too good for us. He didn't want to yeah, play. Yeah, creative anymore. differences already. Because <laughs> you say city far, lah, no need lah. Keep on. Okay, so after after all that, you guys took a break. Yeah, also creative differences. I, I think yeah, it was the third album wasn't coming. I think there was always we had all these new songs and all that for some reason. I don't know why we didn't record. I think we tried to record in Malaysia at first. We actually went down to Malaysia to record some sessions at our friend's studio. But uh, I think the quality wasn't that great or something. I can't remember why we didn't put it out. But we didn't have any like long-term plans. It was just like, I got show play, got show play, you know. Like, uh, right, right, right. I think that was what kind of like killed the, the, the enthusiasm for the band as well. Uh. One of the big, one of the, the the instances that everybody talks about post that that, that time was is the um, is your your gig at at baby. Maybe it's 2013, was, I think. Was it that was um, after oh. the hiatus, lah. Ah, yeah, after the hiatus. Yeah, so That's basically, baby's convinced us to come back and start doing shows again, mm. and then uh, we thought that. Oh yeah, it's twenty. The band's twentieth anniversary, so nineteen ninety three, twenty thirteen. Yes, yes. And yeah, and it was uh surprising. We didn't we, but at that time we haven't played, in you know, four or five years really. But, but it was the powerhouse stage. Remember the, the baby's powerhouse yeah. stage, and it was full. It was like a couple of thousand people yeah. and all singing along to City and all that. And I think that kind of reminded us that you know, hey, people still want to listen to us. Eh? <laughs> I do shows and all that. <laughs> And we've been like sporadically on and off playing since then. Uh, I think we've been playing like uh, every two years, a few yeah. shows. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we, we went recording la, last month, it, last, not last month. Yeah, we started recording last year. Because oh, recording, we, yeah. we, started, we got all yeah. these new songs from 2005, <laughs> but we haven't recorded yet. <laughs> and then uh, Elvin and I had this other band called The Guild. Mm. After we recorded with that band, we decided like, hey, if we can finish up the guilt songs in like very quickly, why don't we do it with Evie, like you know, do it in the same studio, Cribo Records. Mm. So yeah, last year we started recording. We're still recording. Oh, we finished already, what? Oh, we finished. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mixing, mixing. Mixing. Is it, is it more creative differences now? <laughs> yeah, we 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 can't agree whether it's mixing or recording. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, yeah, but are. otherwise it's like we will get invites for shows like once, probably about once a year. So, having said that, I mean, what are the plans for for twenty twenty then? Ah, twenty twenty two. Sorry, twenty twenty two. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the album I've will lost be the out. entire year. <laughs> two years, you're two years behind. Is it yeah. two years already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, twenty twenty two. Um, what what's up? For, what's up for you for you? Uh, I think get, hopefully get the, the recording the, out, right? But it's an EP or full album, probably an EP like it's like what six songs. Put this out, and then uh, we we don't know shows. We don't know right what it's gonna be like live stream yeah. gigs and yeah. all that. Uh, you know, apart from the Spinal Tap questions, this is the one that that I always like to ask. It's uh, you know, what were, what is the is the biggest lesson that you guys have learned in all in all these years? 
know, for me, like a, a band is definitely like a marriage. It's like fifty percent music, fifty percent uh, affairs. Twenty-five percent affairs. No man, for me, it's like I think one thing I learned like like playing a band, playing in many bands over a few decades. It's like it's that relationship between the people. Uh, you know, you you could have all the best riffs in your head, all the best songs, all the best lyrics, and all that. But if you can't convince the other guy to work with you to flesh out this song, it's uh, it will just stay inside your head. Uh, it's stuck inside your head, uh. And you know, we throughout the many hiatuses that we had, there was a lot of uh, disagreements and arguments. And not all of it is always about music, you know. Sometimes it's about girlfriends, about spouses, about uh, you know, not replying to text messages and all that. So, in an ideal, uh, yeah, yeah, lots of passive aggressive stuff going on. So, in an ideal world, <laughs> you're just thinking about the music, you just want to put it out and all that. But that, that doesn't happen, lah. First thing is like you gotta work on. You know, if I could go back in time and tell the seventeen year old me before you started in bands, just like work on the relationship first, then you can. You know, get because we never out. work on our riffs anyway. Right? We never did. Right? <laughs> I thought it was riff first, French, French, French second. second. Okay. Mm. I think then from you, then you have a riff. Then, then you have, have a riff. riff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think for me it would be uh, probably yeah similar to what what Dino said lah. You know something similar about like learning about chemistry. You know because you know you put two people together. Like chances are a lot of chances are things don't work out. Much less like three people, four people, right? And then when things work out in a creative way, and uh, it's just an amazing uh, high that you know you you keep wanting to chase. You know when you're creating something together in, in that room, and also as you're playing, right? Sometimes you just feel that uh, you could be the biggest band in the world at that room in the time, even when it's just four of you. So that is the 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 biggest um, takeaway I get like, from being in a band. I mean, uh, and I also want to ask. Uh, I mean, especially you, Dino, since since you've been covering the scene as well. Um, do you, do you think do you think like the Singapore pop scene anyway um, can I guess revisit or 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 hit the so called kind of highs that were happening back in the you know, like. Say even twenty years ago, in the two thousands, where or two thousand and ten period, where there were a lot of bands coming out. That, you know, you could actually go to a lot of different gigs uh, at that time. Let alone say like shows like the Substation type you know, from the nineties. Um, you know, where where do you see where do you see the? I think COVID here? notwithstanding, I mean obviously there's no shows, or not much shows these days, mm. But in terms of volume of material out, right? I I try to keep track of what's going coming out every week, and it's. Actually, it's a, actually it's huge, you know, the the amount of music that come, that's coming out every week. I mean, you just check out like here sixty five that website because mm. that's probably like the best uh 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 that's the best place that you can go to to see all the new music coming out. And it's there's just tons and tons of new music coming out, new singles and stuff like that. So in terms of quantity of music, I think uh this is probably like an all time high, mm. probably because bands are not gigging and all that. They're right. focusing on recording and writing and stuff. Um, but that being said, I've been the scene is more than just about the number of songs, the new songs that's coming out, right? Mm. Um, I think I had a really, really great feeling back in around 2015 when yeah. it seemed like the the scene reached a certain uh, level 
after people like Gentle Bones started selling out, yeah, yeah. Uh, Esplanade Concert yeah. Hall, like two nights, you know, like he put out the tickets and like within two hours, like yeah. all two nights were sold out, and yeah. it was just crazy because he's not like at that time. I'm mean, even until now, he's not like a household name. He's not like Rahimah Rahim or you know like someone that everybody will recognize in yeah. Singapore you know, on TV. This is Gentle Bones, so he had this select group of fans, which were his peers and all that, and they basically like treat him like a big pop star from mm. everywhere else. La. And then, uh, yeah, Sam Willows and all that. I yeah. wouldn't really call them alternative, but still part of the English yeah. pop music scene. And all these things was super exciting. La. In the past few years, you haven't had any like one or two big name acts like them. I don't think we, we went, up, went up there, but in terms of the many smaller, like less popular acts, I think... Uh, it's actually a very good time to listen to like new music right now. It's it's crazy la. Whether they they build up the same mass like Gentle Bones or or Sam Willows did, it's I don't think that has been achieved again since 2015. But yeah, yeah. yeah in terms of new music and and the variety of music, it's, mm. it's just crazy la. You know, it's like through local bands that I I discover genres like hyper pop and all that. No, it's not through yeah. some American band or indie uh, British band. I I mean, I learned about all these new genres to our own artists, la. People like like you know like Sobs, and and Subsonic Eye and all this this these guys making new music. Because yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that the scene right now is is actually pretty. The output there's a lot of output out there. Um, uh, of course, the only other thing is that you know because there's so much output as as shown by the internet's uh, rise. A lot of things might get lost in the mix as well. So, I mean, I don't know, but that's just 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 my take on it. What 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 do you think about? I think because we are involved in it, that's why we feel a bit more uh, ownership of, of 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 this scene, and and mm. because we know how much uh, goes on and 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 all the history behind it. But I think ultimately, I don't think you can actually force feed a uh, a scene onto the mainstream if the mainstream doesn't really want it or appreciate it that's sad <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like uh, i was just i mean after chris Ho's uh, passing i was just like watching some of the his old videos mm-hmm. and some of these interviews he said and then he mentioned something about uh how uh one good way would be to actually uh have radio stations stipulate at least a number of hours a day to play Ah, right. Like how you in Australia, yeah, how they do right? Australia and yeah. all that. Yeah. That would be great because I remember last time, you know, when, when we didn't have Spotify and all that. And then if you bought a cassette, uh, yeah. and the cassette had one good song, so you listen to that song. But because you had that one cassette, you would listen to the rest of the songs. And over time, you would kind of appreciate the, the entire album, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a bit like that. If people don't know enough about it, the less chance they, or, or don't get exposed to it, the less chance they would have to appreciate it mm-hmm. uh, at the same time uh, of course i think now the quality of of i mean the output of music is much better than i would say uh, before so like what you know says like why why isn't this a time where where you know the powers that be would actually stipulate something like that you know mm-hmm. but to be honest for me radio it's a I would say it's a dying medium, but it's not the main source of music, especially for uh, the younger generations these mm-hmm. days. So even if you play a lot of 
um, three local songs every hour. And I'm not sure how yeah. effective that will be. Actually, to be honest, right, I'm quite surprised. I've been listening to 90.7 a lot recently mm-hmm. because my daughter is, has reached the age where she wants to listen to pop music. <laughs> and I hear Gentle Bones. I hear uh, a lot of local music being played, you know, um, Iman Fandi and all that. And that's actually a pretty good thing, you know. It's a... Uh, there have there has been effort, but I'm not sure it's just 98.7 doing it, and I'm sure not sure how many of the kids listen to 98.7 a lot every day like, to discover mm, like local yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it depends. I mean, in the past like it was really about media pushing it. So like in the 90s, of course, you had big old and a lot of fanzines. You had newspapers also were pushing it, and it was on the radio and all that. So it's a very kind of organic uh, kind of thing. But you're right, like I mean. Uh, in terms of radio, I also shrug my shoulders and like, who cares about the radio now, right? Because everything really is like YouTube, yeah, uh, yeah. Spotify, you know, that's where the thing is. It's more yeah. about, um, I think there's quite a lot of music out now because we also have a lot of uh, kind of music being taught in schools now, especially at tertiary level. Yeah. So like uh, SP, they have uh, DMAT, music right? diploma. Yeah. RP also have music diploma. Yeah. And then then you have LaSalle and all that, Anafa and all that sort of thing. So I think in a sense, we have more uh, kind of musicians being trained. So then obviously there will be an output that's that's coming out of that. So I think that's the reason why. But as far as to the consciousness, cultural consciousness, uh, that that that's a, a different story, lah. I think That's we should. Always, yeah. yeah, I think we should target our uh, the younger generations who are oh, yeah. in school right now because that that yeah. will be the foundation for them. Um, and I think the new media is the way to go, la. You know, uh, they are discovering the music on TikTok right now, right? That that should be the way. As an example, uh, Suzairi, you know, Suzairi, the f- former yeah. Singapore Idol and all that. He had this fantastic ballet from uh, twenty nineteen. Ballad, sorry, why is he belly? Because he looks nice in a tutu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this great song um, in 2019, and it was it did fairly well. I think like uh, one million views on YouTube and all that. And then last two months ago, it suddenly like became went into public consciousness again, be- just because it went viral on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it was great because, and it went viral of all places in Indonesia at first, and mm. around the region. You know how huge Indonesia yeah. is, right? Yeah. And um, I think that now we should concentrate efforts on what, where the kids are music. You know, I mean, Kevin, you work a lot with the younger yes. generation and all that, yes. and. Right. Uh, in a in a way, I do too through the Babies, the budding writers program. Mm. One of the first classes that I do with them is like a, a quick crash course in the history mm. of alternative music in Singapore. Mm. And a lot of them are surprised because they think that music comes out in a vacuum, right? Suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly yeah. now you've yeah. got all your yeah, indie yeah. bands and all that. But I tell them yeah. that you know, it started in the 60s and the 50s and all that. Yeah. Right? And all the things yeah. had to happen before we have yeah. this scene right now. And a lot of them do not know... Uh, they don't know about the slam dancing band and all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they how, won't. They won't. Nah. They won't know. Nah. How so, I, so yeah. actually, R, RP, uh, they've just introduced, and I'm involved in it. So, uh, they have a, a, a elective module called contemporary pop music appreciation. That's great. Right? So they have one whole lesson, which will be Singapore pop. Wow. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Okay. So, kind of helping them with that as well. Yeah. 
Sorry, Alvin, you were going to say something. Uh, I forgot what I want to say already. Very short, yeah, short attack. Too excited listening to our, our deep insights into how <laughs> we can grow the, the, the Singapore scene. Yeah, <laughs> I think it has to happen. I think what Elvin, like what Elvin said just now, it has to happen happen organically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great Singapore replay. All these kind of of initiatives are great. Noise Singapore and all that is great. But um, at the end of the day, it has to be like the buzz on the ground. Yeah. That you know, if the kids are excited, you know, they'll tell their friends, and uh, you know, it's it's much better than us old fogies telling them you must yeah. come to, to, to Singapore music. You must listen to no, music. Yeah. Right? That's I the mean, worst I, way to tell yeah. people to listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. No, I mean, the kids, the kids are, I mean, if they, you give them the information and they are interested, they, are, they will be genuinely uh, interested. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay. But I mean, yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time, guys. Yeah. So thanks a lot for, for taking time out. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us, man. Good fun, good fun. Wait, before, before we go though, uh, where can people find any any of your stuff? I mean, if you have new music coming out, we want to tell people about that as well. So, oh, Instagram, Force Vomit SG. Okay. Our Facebook, uh, Facebook. Our Facebook is probably a reflection of our Instagrams. Whatever is on Instagram will come out on Facebook. Okay. Uh, we don't have a website anymore. I think. <laughs> no Force Vomit TikTok. And no, yeah. not Where's yet. Elvin, uh, you wanna? Yeah, let's start one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, take charge of that. <laughs> then we can do ballets. Yeah. <laughs> so, do Cesare ballet. Yeah, ballet. Yeah. <laughs> the tutus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, just probably yeah. on Instagram, la, you know. Right. Which yeah. is updated like once a month or something. <laughs> yeah. And if the music new music comes out, we'll definitely put it up on, on the streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. Right. That's the way to go. Otherwise, I think most of the music that you can find out old stuff that are not on Spotify and all that, it's up on YouTube. YouTube Somebody yeah. has put it up with yeah, lyrics yeah, yeah. and stuff. Quite a lot of stuff, yeah. Quite a lot yeah. of stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, great. Thanks. Thanks okay. once again. Yep. Okay, thank you. Hey, yeah. Good luck oh, with yeah. the editing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, cut out all the scandalous bits. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's the bit that I want to... That's the one I want to put out on TikTok. Yeah, just the scandalous bits. Just the scandalous yeah. bits only. Yeah. For the and the scandalous videos. bits. Yeah, that yeah. should be a new title. <laughs> The Post scandalous bits. Uh. Yeah, that's a new band, man. <laughs> scandalous bits. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Kevin, All right. We'll, thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll do All the right. outro. Thank you. See you, guys. Yeah, okay, see yeah. you. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that's it. Another fun episode of Lion City Rock. We hope you enjoyed listening to that one. And if you do, please like and share. Share this with your friends. Tell everybody about it. Um, you know, like go to all the different places where you get a podcast leave a review leave a comment tell us what you want to hear what you don't want to hear why we should why we should actually be a bit more exciting than what we are now I don't know yeah give us some feedback yeah. uh, listen to it at least two three times yeah at least at least because you know the the more downloads we get then uh, the, the, the the better we'll be <laughs> okay yeah. but the better it'll be yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yes, yes, yes. So please tell everybody about this Lion City Rock podcast and uh, we'll see you around for another great, exciting episode. Right? Say goodbye. Ciao. Bye.